This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Coming up this hour, infectious disease specialist Dr. Mia Teramina is back to answer your COVID-19 questions. Plus, Fannie Lou Hamer in her own words. A new documentary spotlights the activists' fight for civil rights. But first, a look at the housing market in the Chicago area. Home prices have gone into the stratosphere during the pandemic in many city neighborhoods and suburbs. But can those highs last? And how will rising interest rates affect the market? Joining us now to explain is Crane Chicago Business Residential Real Estate Reporter, Dennis Rotkin. Hey, Dennis. Hi, Sasha. How are you? Doing well. Uh, Dennis, give us a big picture here. Where are home prices in the Chicago area at right now compared with when we think of March 2020, for instance? They are so much higher than March 2020. In the first yeah. few months of the pandemic, we thought, oh, you know, real estate may just sort of linger like a lot of other um, industries. But what happened just a few months into the pandemic was with interest rates very low and a mm -hmm. lot of people needing more space than they had had for classroom at home or office at home, a housing boom kicked off that continues today it, from about May 2020 all the way to today. We're, we're going to be pushing on two years if things don't slow down. Well, which city neighborhoods and suburbs have seen the biggest percentage increases in the, in the price of the home? Well, you know, the one that interests me the most is downtown because uh, downtown Chicago neighborhoods, which would include the Loop and all the adjacent ones, um, River North, South Loop, Streeterville, they all took a big hit in the first part of the pandemic, really in the first year. Um, a lot of people will tell you that people were fleeing those neighborhoods. All we saw was that sales stopped while the sales grew dramatically in suburban areas, especially very far out suburban areas like Barrington mm -hmm. and Lake Forest. But two things tell us that that wasn't really people fleeing the city. One is as soon as the lockdowns opened up, the, the downtown lockdowns opened up for the, the crime related lockdowns opened up. And as soon as people started to sort of figure out where we were going with this pandemic in early 2021, the downtown neighborhoods just swung back into action. And by the end of 2021, there were more homes sold in the downtown neighborhoods than in years prior to the pandemic. So clearly the data does not say that people are fleeing the city. They put downtown mm -hmm. on pause during the pandemic, but they didn't stop. I see. So, right. We had that earlier point in the in the pandemic when we did hear a lot of folks moving um, to the suburbs, you know, sometimes even just for more space. So yeah. that's not necessarily still the case. It's not necessarily the case. And it also is true that a lot of the especially the affluent people who bought in the suburbs, they kept the place in the city because they didn't sell because maybe I'll use these both. Maybe I'll end up only in one or in the other. Um, so really what we ended up seeing was. Uh, when sales started to pop back in the city, um, it's evened out uh, that I, there were people who left the city, but you can't look at it as an all out drain from the city because just as many people were buying in the city. Now, I'm talking primarily about affluent downtown neighborhoods. We do know, of course, that Chicago is losing its black population um, and there are other places where population is shrinking. But overall, uh, home sales have continued to be as vigorous in the city as in the suburbs. Well, something interesting from one of your most recent reports, Dennis, you say that suburban mansions are a hot item right now. What are we seeing at the higher end? 
of the market? Uh, it's really kind of hard to believe. So everybody has more money. Everybody who's employed has more money to spend during the pandemic because we aren't spending money on travel, restaurants, et cetera, and interest rates are really low. And especially if you're affluent, there's a lot of gain in your stock portfolio. So even if you're buying an inexpensive house, people were spending more than they would have in the past. At the upper end, it has been bananas. The average sale, uh, $4 million and up, is really the, the, the upper half of a percent of our market. The average year prior to the pandemic, we saw about 51 houses sell for $4 million or more. In 2021, we saw mm -hmm. 101, nearly twice as many. And it has continued into 2022. We're already just, what are we, six, seven weeks into the year, well ahead of the pace of 2021 in $4 million and up sales, 5 million. We've had a couple of $8 million sales already this year. Wow. And one of the things, yeah, it's, it's really kind of hard to believe. I mean, to think that that number doubled, one of the reasons it doubled is that uh, everything costs more now. So houses that used to be $3 million houses may, or $3.5 million houses are 4 million. So that adds to the volume of $4 million sales. But really um, we saw people uh, who hadn't bought downtown during the pandemic, empty nesters and other people buying mm -hmm. downtown. We saw people, uh, the, the North Shore market is absolute, absolutely going crazy. Um, we've seen people buy multiple four and $5 million mansions, just a, or multiple sales, I should say, of four and $5 million mansions on the North Shore already this year. Jeez. Well, let's get back to the other end of the scale here, Dennis. Yeah. So what yeah. neighborhoods in the city or the suburbs, uh, would you say, provide the best affordability at this point? Well, that's, that's, it's difficult to say, Sasha, because it's changing so fast. But um, the farther you get out from the center, when you go a little farther northwest or uh, northwest or southwest from downtown, you start to save money. I think one of the best values in the city is in Beverly, uh, Beverly and Morgan Park, because hmm. you still have very much a city neighborhood. It's very much it's transit-oriented uh, neighborhood, but you also have an incredible amount of beauty, houses that are at virtually every price range. You can buy a big, expensive house in, in Beverly, but also a family-sized, middle-priced house um, and bungalows and everything else uh, in Beverly and in Morgan Park. Um, I think that's one of the places people can afford the most house in the city. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, that's Dennis Rodkin from Crane Chicago Business. We're talking about the state of the Chicagoland housing market as we get ready to mark two years since the pandemic appended life here in our area. Coming up in 10 minutes on the program, we'll bring you the latest public health guidance on COVID-19 with infectious disease specialist Dr. Mia Teramina. So stay tuned for that. Dennis, I understand that these have been boom times for home builders. Uh, and home builders would say, at last, they had more than <laughs> right. 10, from the time the suburban home building or the, the housing market uh, crashed in 2007, suburban home building crashed. And a couple of things have happened since. One, there's a lot more interest in living in or near the city than buying an inexpensive house out in the cornfields. That has, that's been a huge change since the early 2000s. But the other is... Um, uh, existing homes became so so much less expensive during the in the years after the housing crash that they weren't competing with new homes. You didn't have to buy a new home to save money because existing homes were so inexpensive. So 
for more than a decade, suburban home builders sold fewer than 5,000 homes a year, while in the mm-hmm. early part of the 2000s, they were selling upwards of 20,000 a year, and in, in some cases, over 25,000. So it drops down to the $3,000, 4000 uh, $4, unit level for a decade. And finally, in 2021, popped to above 5,000, which was a nice benchmark for them. But one of the things that Tracy Cross, the home building consultancy in Schaumburg, tells me is they could be selling two to three times that many right now because of the demand. But because the industry was so hard hit for so many years, nobody started new homes. So Mm. what we may see, they now have because the market has been on fire. So we may see in 2022, 2023, far more new suburban homes sold. Well, getting back to that big question that I asked at the top, Dennis, will these boom times last? I'm wondering if home prices are likely going to drop at some point or will they at least stop going up? Yeah, I think, uh, well, in the city already, we've seen them in the city and in the suburbs, we've seen them uh, stop growing by as much in the city that that has been a, a more pronounced effect. But nothing, no, no signs ahead indicate prices falling. Um, in 2007, 2006 and seven, during that boom, it was pretty clear to many economists that price would fall, prices would fall because there was a lot of predatory lending. There was a lot of speculation. All kinds of rules have been put into place uh, since then that prohibit a lot of that kind of activity. But also people are buying at these very, very low interest rates homes are very affordable for them. People aren't stretching quite as much as they were 15, 16 years ago in 2006. Um, So it's less likely that we'll see um, prices drop. We'll see a large number of foreclosures. It's more likely that you just end up having to stay in your house longer. So until it catches up to you, the the value catches up to you. We do see, so prices were going up in the double digits for most of 2021. It looks as if they're de- they're not growing by as much. They're going in the five and seven percent range now, which is good news because your affordability isn't running away from you the way it is in places like Phoenix, where prices are up thirty three percent. If you're a first time home buyer in Phoenix, I don't know what you're going to do. But in Chicago, we're still one of the most affordable big cities in America for housing, and our affordability isn't shrinking as fast as most big cities in America. And and on the uh, the point of mortgage rates that you you brought up a moment ago, the, the Federal Reserve Bank says more interest rate increases are coming. Do you expect that to cool down the market? It does look like it would cool down the market, but it certainly isn't going to stop anything. I think one thing to keep in mind is we just passed the 40th anniversary of the highest uh, interest rates we've ever seen, which were in the 17, 18, 19 percent in the early 1980s. Now, in the early 2020s, we're worried because interest rates may go up past 4%. Um, It was far more expensive in terms of interest costs to buy a house 40 years ago than it has been for most of the 21st century. And so if it goes up some, yes, people will say, oh, now I can afford less than I could. I won't bid quite as high for the house, or maybe I'll get out of the housing market. But there's this enormous mechanism, there's this pipeline, you know, I bought or I've been shopping for a home and I'm going to continue. It may be that fewer people enter that pipeline as interest rates go up, but nobody expects them to rise so fast that suddenly the, you know, everybody jumps out of the housing market. It it Mm -hmm. might mean that 
you thought you could afford a four bedroom house and you can afford three, or you thought you could get a house with a pool and you can't, you, people may cut back their expectations, but it's unlikely that the housing market really hits the skids. Well, still, Dennis, despite all of this, Michael Jordan's mansion in the North <laughs> Suburban Highland Park, that's about to mark 10 years on the market. You know, I had to ask you this. Is that yeah, thing ever going to sell? Um, well, at this point, it's anybody's guess because they've tried everything. Um, it's been on the market, as you said, for 10 years. They've cut nearly $20 million out of the asking price over the year, or nearly $15 million out of the asking price over the years. They tried. Uh, I, do you know this, Sasha, that the price now, um, the, the numerals in the price add up to 23? They've tried really sort of a oh, vanity boy. price. If you price no, the I house did not to the number this. on your jersey, you know, well, nobody well, else well, has ever done that. Well, talk to me about what that includes. I know it has some nice touches. It has to. This is Michael Jordan's mansion, but right. what's in there? Uh, a basketball court, very large rooms, a huge amount of privacy. He built right next to a, uh, not a forest preserve, but a, a, a city-owned nature center in Highland Park. And he planted a huge row of evergreen trees for privacy. Um, you also get the gates with the number 23 on them. Uh, it's a, it's a, is it a 13,000 square foot house, I think. And, wow. um, you know, it was set up for the biggest athlete in the world, the most famous and important athlete in the world at the time. It has every bell and whistle from the early 1990s, but it was the early yeah. 1990s. Right. Right. You know, uh, back in 2012, it was listed for 29 million. So I guess $15 million sounds like a steal. <laughs> well, uh, we the highest price sales last year during a boom year, the highest price sales of the year were at about 12.2 of them at about $12.5 million each in, in Lincoln Park. Uh, we have seen homes sell for $14 million, like Michael Jordan is asking. But in the suburbs, we have never seen them sell off the lakefront. Anything that sells, yeah. there was a $12 million sale in Lake Forest a couple of years ago on the lakefront. There have been a couple of others at that level. Michael Jordan is a couple miles off the lakefront. He's inland in Highland Park. He built it there, uh, well, because the land was available, but he built it there because at that time the uh, Bulls were practicing at the Berto Center in Deerfield, just a like a 10-minute drive away. Mm -hmm. um, but he's uh, just inland uh, or just a few blocks from a highway. Uh, he's not yeah. in... Like, you know, it, it would be great to be able to say, I have Michael Jordan's house, but you could also say, and can you hear the highway right over there? Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I get the appeal. It's just a, a lot of money. Um, I can't let is. you go, Dennis, without asking about renters. What's the situation What's the situation like for renters right now in the Chicago area? Well, if they want to rent downtown, there has been an enormous amount of construction uh, so there are a lot of units coming on, and many of those are rented by more affluent people. But around the neighborhoods, um, rental prices have been going up. I mean, partly because you can demand that, um, but uh, not at any nothing like rental prices are not going up as fast as home buying prices. So if you're on the fence between the two, renting is is becoming less expensive, slower than buying. That's Crane Chicago Business residential real estate reporter Dennis Rodkin. Dennis, thank you so much. We'll have you back to talk basketball and, and home prices very Can soon. Can I just correct? Let me just correct one thing I said, Sasha. I meant to say oh, sure. renting is becoming more expensive, 
slower. It, it, prices are going up slower for renting than for buying. I realized as, as those words came out that I got it backwards. Thanks for clarifying, Dennis. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.